welcome to the Stanley Street Social Podcast, presented by no one, actually. Presented by Max Campbell and Alex. Welcome to the Stanley Street Social Podcast. My name's Alex Clements. I'm here with Tour Down Under Ambassador, Data Man, Melbourne Football Club Captain, Max Gorn. Welcome, Max. Hello, Alby. Uh, yeah, microphones could mean sponsor, is my gut feel, so I'm excited. Actually, actually, if you are, if you're on the YouTube, you'll see that... Campbell Max have fresh microphones uh, down on the island in, in Victoria. So we're looking very professional. Welcome, Campbell. Thanks, Alex. And, um, yeah, thanks for, for shipping these these quality mics in. And, um, you know, we're back to back to top-level production quality where we where we deserve to be despite not having a sponsor. It's, um yeah, it would be nice that one day potentially we get back to uh, Melbourne at some point. We're never probably never going to get back to Stanley Street. I think that um, that house has moved on, but one day – Hopefully we're back in back in person, back in the microphones. But this is uh, as good as we're going to get for now. Max, um, a crisis. Yes. Down under, two down under, threw so much money at you, so much time, so much effort. And then the hammy went twing the week before. First of all, first um, of all, more more importantly, how's the hamstring? More importantly, how's the hamstring? How's how's the preseason? And it wasn't quite a week before. It was like four hours before my flight. Like it was phenomenally, it was like the last drill in training. I mean, I must say when I was complaining about my hamstring at training, about the fact that I had a big weekend plan, not many people really cared. Um, That is where cycling's at a little bit in uh, our country of Australia. But um, I was excited to get over there. And unfortunately, yes, hamstring pulled. I actually, that is... Now, what day are we now? That's 19 days ago as of today, and I was fully back training today. So maybe not going to Adelaide got me back nice and early. Okay. Wait, did like did, did it feel sore in the run-up or what? what's the... No, I was... Some? I've had a bit of an indifferent pre-season where I've had a couple of little niggles going on, and that was actually the first session. It was like a bit of match practice, but the first session when I felt a million dollars. And I hit my highest speed for the whole preseason, which isn't quick, but um, that probably might have been the reason why then my hamstring went about 10 minutes later after I hit my highest speed. But um, I'm back feeling good again. So it was like a little three-week break while um, the hardest part of preseason was going. So I missed out on the hardest part, but um, I think 14 years of doing preseasons keeps me in good stead. And the rest of the squad, how, how are things shaping up? How are we looking heading into the season? Yeah, good. I mean, I had Jake Lever in in uh they call it uh recon now, it's not rehab. They've changed it. I'm not sure why. Um he was coming back from a little foot thing, but he's back. Clayton Oliver had his as another sore finger. He always has a sore thumb or finger, but he's back. Um it's a great time of the year. Uh February, everyone is really licking their lips. Usually in about two weeks, we have our most numbers for a training session. Everyone seems to time it to perfection. Nice. Nice. And uh, did you call Stewie or how did you, you know, break the news that you were unable to fly? Uh, Well, Stewie was busy, to be fair, because uh, I was trying to get up there on day two. Um, So Stewie was well and truly uh, right into the the TDU. Uh, To be fair, the, 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 the women's race was on before that. So he was right into the TDU for weeks. Um, so I was, uh, my liaison I was talking to and yeah, the bad news, it was the first thing I thought of. I went off, went into the change rooms, took my boots off, put an ice pack on and text, uh, TDU. 
Um, so I watched it on my couch, just like most likely you two. I'm not sure if you stayed up for it, Al. Uh, bad, about time you got the bad time zone. Yeah, shocking um, time zone. Yeah, uh, but it was it was it was good. It was good racing. It was that's the best CDU for a while in terms of attacking. Fit. Right, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Okay, sorry. Um, Did I yeah. mention that the t- the two down under was just a really well run event? <laughs> Are we going to get some honesty out of you? Nah. This we'll, pod match, we'll, considering we'll that the, the, we'll the two is behind us and, and you can really dip in now that the, the you've probably got your check in the back pocket. Uh, I mean, I think it's the highlight of the Australian summer. That's all I'm saying. The, um, I, I think my, um, my people on the ground have told me that it's opened up a bit of a bidding war for the ambassadorship role across the Australian summer and maybe even internationally throughout the year. I mean, the only issue with the uh, the Victorian race that will remain nameless uh, on this podcast at this stage um, is they they wanted to be um, I get to meet Cadell and have a coffee with him. <laughs> um, no, 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 that that's a great race as well. But uh, the TDU, all I'm all I'm all TDU. Cambo, your take on the TDU? An honest take, a realistic take, an unpaid, unbiased take. What's what were your thoughts on the race? Oh dear, we've we've lost him in a massive way. <laughs> right on point, right yeah. on the time that he was supposed soon to as, talk. Soon as, soon as we bring him in, crash. Unfortunately, we're just going to have to leave it at the TDU was a well-run <laughs> event. Well, I guess we'll start then. We'll start with, with, with they started off with a prologue, which I which I really like the addition to the race, like a, a big in the prologue, and it rained in January. Yeah, that in Adelaide. Like what? That's what a disaster. Are, what are the chances of that? Yeah, and this the I mean I'm sure they weren't expecting it, which obviously they weren't. But the fact that it um, rained on the surface they were riding on, like it was literally. Yeah. The last surface you that that bridge, like I slip on that bridge when I am walking over it on the way to a game sometimes, like and I'm walking. So yeah, it was gnarly, but then it made you think how good of the form Michael Matthews was in, because he was the only one in the rain that got anywhere near some of the times. And to to put you like some some of those guys are thinking this is like early on in the season. I don't want to be binning it like the first pretty much maybe their first race of the year prologue. Um, it's, and that's where, that's where you lose multiple seconds in a, in a event that's won by such small amount of margins that, yeah, for him to throw down that effort was, um, was like, oh yeah, Matthews is on, which, which was no surprise. It's what Luke Platt said in the, uh, our first part of the year was Matthews was the man and he's on and he's obviously out here for the first time in forever. So you'd hope he was flying. Yeah, I had him written down post-TDU and watching these few events that he literally is the form rider of the the tour, the like the Peloton at the moment. He hasn't won one, but I think he's the form rider. Welcome back, Campbell. Yeah, thanks. Um, I'm having some some network issues. <laughs> sake. Do you want to uh, – we, we we we've been talking about the prologue. Um, do you want to give us your thoughts on the TDU now? I mean, it was just bizarre, isn't it, that the one time we have a prologue in the Tour Down Under, it rains for the first time ever in the Tour Down Under, which sort of threw out our our calculations and our timing to what we thought was going to affect the GC. In the end, it it did have a bit of a a role to play. Um, 
with Yates losing that time to Jay Vine. But I I don't know whether it was was a good thing or a bad thing. Um, didn't seem like it was a, a, a great spectacle, probably because of the weather, to be honest. But I didn't think it added a whole lot to the race, to be honest. Your thoughts? Have we covered this already? I, I liked it. I, I liked the concept of it. But, yeah, I think the weather, like, ruined it because – the yeah. idea that you could get out there and watch it, like it's something you can easily consume. You think back to the days of the Herald Sun Tour when I was running down um, the the Yarra and down South Bank and it was like, expect, there was people everywhere, it was big energy, it was a cool race to be in. Uh, I think a prologue in, a, in the city for a, for a country that traditionally can't run races in the city is a is a pretty cool spectacle, spectacle to have. So I think it'd be good. But yeah, the, the weather ruined it. But um, maybe played to Betty O's strength, and he got the win. Well, to be to be fair, he did. I I don't think it, it it may have rained for the back end of his ride, but he was racing on relatively um dry dry surface. Um, and it showed that he didn't have the legs by day three, so it was a little bit thrown out that that TT. I was slightly disappointed at the fact that maybe like a Betty O was going to win GC just based on. Um, a wet te- a wet prologue, but then as we get into the um, next few stages, turns out these climbs are Corkscrew and Lofty did have a bit of a punch on them. Stage two, uh, first first bunch gallop. Was it Max? Were you talking about in the preview the the Bahrain Bahrain challenge and you called Bauhaus as your boy, and he came through with the- yeah. Well, apparently. Um- who was it? Was it Cameron Scott? Is that who was who was going to take on <laughs> Bauhaus? I think that was Cambo's man. It was. Yep. <laughs> um, it just yeah. It's I, I didn't. I mean, I didn't talk in our WhatsApp or anything just to rub salt into the wound, Cambo. But I knew you were feeling that when Bauhaus went over the line, so I knew I didn't have to say anything. But um, yeah, Phil Phil deserves to be the lead sprinter in that team. Caleb came from a long way back. Matthew's there in the mixer to keep himself, of course, along with the the GC hopes as well, just picking up some little bonus seconds where this race been won before. Anything else to note from that bunch gallop? Got the right, I got the right team. He got the right team. He's actually, to be fair, Phil Bellhouse, there's another unbelievable sprinter going around at the moment uh, from Bahrain in Milan, who I think is a track cycle from Ghana. So Bahrain are starting to build a little um, sprint setup, which is... Not really them. Um, Caleb, yeah, the the Aussie team or the Adelaide University or whatever they were called um, didn't really get him in the best spot throughout the whole race. I think Caleb, we've seen, um, likes a little bit of support to get to where he needs to get to with about a kilometre to go and then he doesn't need a lead out, but he needs that little bit of support to get him in the right position and um, he started from too far back on all six rides, seven rides that he had throughout the Australian summer. It was all that similar sort of feel to it. Stage two, which was supposed to be a bunch kick. I think uh, like Nazolo's one here before. Um, Caleb was almost penned in for the win with a nice little climb before the finish. And then uh, the GC boys decided to light it up. And that, and this was, I guess the, the end for Michael Matthews with a, with a mechanical at the bottom of the hill. It was all over. Did you expect Jay Vine and Yates to go wild up this climb? No, I thought they were going to save it for for the corkscrew, to be honest. But you know, looking at the at the climb in isolation, it's you know it's a, it's a decent climb and you can do do enough navage. But 
you know, obviously the, the shape that Jay Vine is in, you know, the horses that he's doing up that climb, it's, you know, it's impossible for people to stay on the wheel. A few people got on and then when you look at the group that got away, like that is, that's top level. Um, it's a top level group and they're all working really well together besides Yates who was, who was sitting on for good reason, who had Matthews in the back, couldn't quite come back. But um, yeah, I, I probably wasn't the stage where people thought that the GC was going to be sort of, you know, if you weren't in that group, you couldn't win the GC. That was a bit of a surprise. And and Caleb again, he's he's got a real knack for winning best of the rest, doesn't he? I'd like to see some data on how many times he's won a bunch kick when there's a group already up the road. Um, obviously didn't have the cattle there to bring that move back. He would have been a little bit disappointed with that. But um, yeah, it was it was cool to see Rowan Dennis win a win a, like a road stage in that fashion. I think he's actually the only, uh, not the only one, I'm sure there was a couple of Adelaide boys, but one of the only big dogs that was a hometown in Adelaide. So that's good to see. I think they slept on him, the the guys. I don't think they really necessarily thought he was going to be the the fella taking the the stage. I thought maybe Schmid or Yates were the two that were backing their sprint in and uh, Dennis just stole a little gap. Stage three, fellow Bill Bow takes the victory. And I guess this is where, uh, this is Corkshire Day. Well, obviously things started to the J Vine that couldn't get halfway through Road Nationals lit it up on the corkscrew and went went wild and kind of established himself as a GC man. Matt. Yeah, this was this was this was a crazy a crazy day for mine. Um, the three that uh, get the twenty eight, I think it was twenty eight or thirty second uh, gap on the rest. Um, they are they what we've seen were the clear three best throughout the whole tour. So um, I'm glad that happened. Um, Pelo Bilbao uh, was obviously mentioned by me again. Another one I got right before the race from Bahrain. Mind you, I did tip Dion Smith for third, so um, there's a little bit of egg on my face there when he's he wasn't even the the fourth best rider in his own team. They were riding for Corbin Strong, which is um, anyway I know who Corbin Strong is now. Um, but Bilbao is literally the one week stage man, uh, the one week stage race specialist, uh, and. Pops up for a stage. Bahrain with their second. Did we enjoy the running to the left-hander into Corkscrew? No, it was horrible. It's it's a tough watch, isn't it? It's It makes no sense at all why they included it in the race. It's just so dangerous, so uncomfortable to see. Max is obviously going to have nothing to comment on this, but it is a terrible, it's a terrible way to get to the Corkscrew. I mean, the right man won the stage. Uh, the right three managed to get a break. So I think it was a really well-designed corkscrew stage. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, we got the three best riders in the front. Um, and Jay Vine, man, he just looks – he looks so good on this climb. Like that at its steepest part is incredibly steep and he was just absolutely monstering it. He was just obviously thinking about the GC in the end and was happy to sacrifice the stage to um, to your man Pebo. Did you see the uh, the the after press conference from Pelo Bilbao? When I say press conference, it was a microphone stuck in his face post the ride, and he was talking about um, trying to get back to. I think Yates and Vine were up the road going up Corkscrew, and he had to get back to them. And he said, "Yeah, Yatesy uh, was going really strong, and uh, the uh, uh, the UAE <laughs> fella. <laughs> he called him the UAE fella." Jay Vine has not got street cred yet in the peloton. I'm sure he <laughs> no, does not now. Yet. But Bill Bell has no idea who he was chasing. <laughs> That's I don't get it. Like if you're a GC rider or you know 
pretty much any rider, you probably know your competitors, especially someone that was in the front group the day before. Like you're in the bus at the start of the stage doing your research on numbers and stuff. Like it's bizarre that he didn't know his name. Unless he was just like a real sort of alpha move, pretended he didn't know his name to say the UAE guy, which is possible. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was a, a nice little pickup from you there, Max. Stage four, uh, kind of like uphill drag, bunch kick. Again, you think this was Caleb's stage to win with like a tough, tough, tough finish. But like we talked about, you, the UNSA team, they, he's in like reasonable position, but seemed just to like just get lost. And you, when that overview shot came back, you're like, oh, well, he's way off the back. He's way out of the contention here. Meanwhile, Brian Kokar was on an absolute burner. He's come, he's come out of the French winter and and cleaned up his stage four of the tour down under. I don't, I, I don't know. Probably Max probably mentioned him on the preview, but I, I don't know if he really got much credit for uh, coming out to Australia. He rode away from the peloton. I, I haven't seen that much. Like, and the guys, I mean, obviously Caleb was in there, but the guys he beat, like a, like a Corbin Strong, Michael Matthews, these sort of big guys that are big on... Massive horsepower, um, and he's he's rode away from them for his first win. Is it his, how how long have we got the days? Well, it's his first World Tour win. He's won a number of races, but this was his first win at the World Tour level. First ever World Tour win by ten I've lengths. Name, I've heard his name mentioned in every sprint preview for the last five years, and he hasn't won one. And then he comes out, and it's a good field. Caleb's in there. I mean, Caleb. Yeah, he's probably not right at his strengths with that team. But Brian Cockard, Cofidus, maybe a new year for Cofidus. Definitely a surprise. I don't think we mentioned Cockard once in our in our preview. I don't think we mentioned Cofidus once. And why would we? At two down under Cofidus <laughs> coming out here and, and getting a victory, but. When Cockhart does stuff like that, you think, geez, what, why isn't he winning 15 races a year at world to a level? Like like you said, Max, this is a it's a decent sprint field. Yeah, it's not top, top level, but 10 lengths. <laughs> Don't see it every day. Stage five, no longer stage, Mount Lofty stage in, in substitute. What do you think, Campbell? Yeah, it was it was a cool finale. Personally, I still like the the Wollonga Sunday finish. I think there's a little bit of you know history there now, but I guess Richie Port's not there, so it's a good time to to change the parkour. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure Max, you'll be able to to really spin the narrative of the of the race itself and what they want to you know what they want to say. But I think they got you know the finale that they were after. Two strongest guys in the bike race go to the line together. You know, some great names in that top 10, Yates, Vine, O'Connor, Hindley, Bilbao. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a good finale. Um, and I guess Simon Yates saved Jayco's tour. I think we discussed that really a win was the only thing overall that was going to be satisfactory. But I guess the, the stage win on the final day sort of masks the, the slight disappointment with not winning the tour. Are you not happy with uh, Bling's points jersey? It's not enough, is it? 
I don't think he do you reckon he's taken it on the plane back to Monaco. <laughs> I reckon he might have left. I don't the think so. <laughs> um, it was. I mean, I'm slightly with you, Lofty. It's 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 no longer, but I'm happy with the changer. But uh, Brian Cocker is is six seconds off the lead here. That shows maybe how hard Lofty was. We did see the burner was on the day before, but. Um, I don't necessarily think it was an incredibly tough climb, but in saying that, the two best climbers for the and the man, the two boys with the best legs throughout the whole five days uh, by themselves going a one-two up finish. So um, maybe I'm wrong, but it was it was good to see um, Yates, and I think Jay Vine sort of knew what he was doing. He was riding to the finish line, get the bonus, get the seconds on Bill Bear, and make sure he won red and do a lead out for Yatesy. And like Cambo touched on it, like this is their only win for the summer for Bike Exchange after bringing out their kind of their A team of Yates and Matthews to come out of Nationals, TDU and Cadell's. Um, Yates getting the kudos there just for picking him up one stage just to save their, or somewhat mm-hmm. save their summer. Well, you're sort of just, you're sleeping on the tour of Saudi Arabia where Dylan Brunewagen has gone and won a stage um, against a field of nobody. Um, so you're sleeping on the tour of Saudi Arabia. They have won two races now. Well, and that's their new that's their new co-sponsor, racing around the Saudi desert. So keeping mm. the sponsors happy. Well, he, Arguably a home one, race for them as well. Sorry? Keeping, keeping one sponsor happy. I don't know if Jerry yeah, would be so- that stoked about the Australian summer. I don't think Jerry went to Saudi Arabia is what I'm saying. I'm pretty sure he was at the TDU. So I would have been hoping. Um, and they had the best legs. Uh, I mean, we are a very friendly podcast to one man, Lucas Hamilton, but he had the best legs of the Australian summer and he wasn't able to go ever. Friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast, Lucas Hamilton. He was flying though. That's good. That's that's good science heading into, I guess, that that next block for him of the, like, the Paris-Nices and whatnot leading up to the Tour de France, hopefully for him. Uh, but I guess yeah. that's what that's what happens when you bring the big the big the big name of that squad, Adam Yates, out to the out to Australia that you kinda of have to play second fiddle to him. Kiddo's race? Uh yeah, I just got a couple on the overall leaderboard. I wasn't expecting a minute gap to fourth. Um so that's again another big pump up to the Santos tour down under. Uh but Magnus Sheffield, don't sleep on him from Ineos. I think he's a really good rider who, who can genuinely TT. He rode uh, a wet prologue and finished second in the prologue. Um, and into Marche again, the top 10 here. Don't sleep on Barstrom as well, who we will then go into in the Cadell's race because he plays a pretty heavy role in the Cadell race as well. Cadell's race, the following weekend, the one-day stage race around a bit, of a, su- a bit of a pseudo ambassador for this one, Albie. We've got Max on TDU and and yourself on Cadell's. Was it Mac Horton was the, the competition for yourself, Max, going as the face of Cadell Evans' Greatest Road Race? Yeah, that uh, that fellow who swims 400 metres every every four years. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I Mac Horton is a big, passionate Melbourne supporter and um, I've had him on a rival podcast called Gus and Gorney uh, for those that want to listen to that as well to keep up with all footy news. Uh, Mac Horton's been on that, so he's yeah. I'm not going to knock Mac Horton, but didn't did didn't you, know he rode bikes. And you went down to the race. I was there. Yes, that's a, that was the race I went to, which is <laughs> um, hilarious in itself. But uh, your your mate Jason was able to get me uh, ringside tickets. I was I was on the finish line down there at Cadell's, um, which is a great spot to be. 
uh, was able to get in the car with uh, Cadell and Joel Selwood. Now that was a chat, and I, I played it. I played it interesting. I, I I like to think Joel thinks I know cycling, but I'm not sure if he's a Stanley social uh, podcast listener. But I'm I'm hoping he is. Um, but Joel was asking Cadell some nuffy questions in the back seat. And I was <laughs> oh, I can only, I'd love to be in that car for that. Oh, and I was just wait like I was waiting. He was talking about um, like will the peloton do this and what is a peloton? I think that even might have got mentioned. And then I when we um, uh, what's the what's the the, the uh, crescent? What's the climb they go up? Shalambra, Shalambra, yeah, Shalambra. As soon as we hit that, I started throwing out some what numbers. I said, do you reckon they'll be pushing six, seven hundred here? Uh, do you reckon I can get on, get up here in the big chain ring? And Joel's Joel's eye, he was gobsmacked. <laughs> I had him right where I wanted him. And then Cadell just Cadell was done with Joel and wanted to talk. What's what's with what's with me up the front? Oh, Cadell's been on the Stanley Street Social podcast with you. He's been he's yes, been a he fella, has. he's been a fella. He's been interviewee while you've been uh, co-hosting. Yes, yes. He, um, it was good to see Cadell again, and it was a well-run event. To be fair. Uh, and it was an interesting winner. Now that I've read up a little bit about the winner, I didn't know him too much beforehand. He actually wasn't shooting the lights out at TDU in the sprints, but um, it was an interesting winner. And his, his dad was like three meters from me. And this everyone's waiting for Caleb or Michael to come over the line, big Aussie contingent there. And all of a sudden, a mayor offer from DSM gets over the line. I hear this biggest yell I've ever heard. I'm like, that must be um, that young Aussie Dinham that's come over the line. Uh, and it was Mayrop's dad got in the ringside. I don't know how Jason's got him in the ringside seats up in um, in the hospitality marquee, but he was he was in there and he was loving life. So tell us about him. Did you meet his dad first of all? I met his I met his dad. Um, I met Simon Clark's dad and uh, Mayrop's dad. They were the two dads I met. Um, both in the top three. Both in the top three, and one of them was a whole lot more confident than the other. I must say, Simon's. Simon's old man was saying Simon was saying some big things. He'd got over his COVID and he wanted to finish off an Australian summer. And Mayroff's old man was here for the free piss, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a real Simon Clark sort of day, though, wasn't it? It must be said. It was. And it was a messy ride in. I got to see a crash pretty close up, which was um, a pretty gnarly crash, I might add. Um, but... We'll go into the race, but DSM, they were doing some weird things where um, a few guys looked like they had the best legs, but they were just pulling groups back, and they must have been riding for a Mayhoffa the whole time. I don't know. Was there was, was there anything to note before they got to the circuits? Uh, not Taco. <laughs> Our boy Taco Vanderhorn uh, went on a solo break. Um I, I felt for Kino at this point for his first call of the summer. Obviously, TDU, he sat out and did some special comments, um, which I think he's better than. Um, if I if I have one little um, reply to TDU, I think Kino can potentially get into the commentary role with TDU. He does the Tour de France, so sure he could do TDU. Um, but he managed to, and he unfortunately had to call Taco Vanderhorn through those lonely streets of Torquay. <laughs> so I feel, I, I do feel for him. Was Robbie there with him? Uh, Robbie was there. Yeah, Robbie flew out that night and then was actually commentating the tour of Saudi Arabia the next day. Yeah. <laughs> I've been watching. I've been watching way too much cycling. Well, I, I just want to just 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 back over where we've just come from, just on, on the commentary piece. Um, <laughs> it, it's an absolute crime that 
Kino is is he's on is still in the pre you know in the warm up sort of laps in the pregame like yeah uh, Phil is a, an exceptional commentator and he's he's still got he's don't got the best it. voice don't say it he's got the best voice in cycling there's no <laughs> doubt about it but his head might have just gone for the pressure moments I think he would probably be more suited for the pregame where it's nice and relaxed. You can just chat casually when it's all happening in the finale. Might be a little bit too quick for him now. Could you imagine if Phil Liggett and 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 Carlton Kirby were <laughs> called a race together? Oh. Just to be com- clear, there's definitely there's definitely still a role for Phil, but maybe it's not in the calling in a final. It's it's for the early like hearing Phil over the mic is comforting. It's what oh, you used to. Absolutely, it's what you, you, love you to feel hear. you feel safe. Yeah, it, it provides safety. There's no doubt about it. Um, but yeah, Keno's definitely done his time in the trenches. And uh, anyway, it, it, it's nice to to see Robbie and Keno back in Australia together a little bit. And hopefully, hopefully in the future we can see a little bit more of those two, a bit more of those two together. The first, the first real movement elbow was was an intermarche and quick step rider going off the front. It was sort of the best part. There was a group of like thirty that got off, um, and then it got brought back together. Um, I was in the car at the time that a group of thirty went off, and Cadell said, "These guys won't be. Don't even worry who they call over race radio. They're not getting through." So I didn't even worry. But apparently Caleb was in that initial break, and Michael wasn't. So it was advantage Caleb. Um, but then it all sort of got brought back together. I think Caleb was flying. Like if you look at the way that he made all the moves, made all the splits that he needed to be in, um, he did everything right and just got lost in that final bunch kick. But yeah, it was like, it was, it, yeah. it was an animated race. Like the whole way around, you like people come back, people going forward, people going back, you know, what was going on. And then it, it came down to the, came down to the line of catching the guys with under, under the last kilometer and, it was a messy bunch kick as it seems to always be. And normally someone, I guess, a bit out of the blue comes through for the victory as, as they did this year. Well, and, and on the last 5K, I think we're missing. So UAE were dominating the race. Um, sorry, DSM rode uh, at the front for Taco then to try and bring back the break, which was, again, amazing foresight. Um, and then UAE were doing a lot of the heavy lifting on the circuit. They had a very strong team with George... Bennett, Jay Vine, Mark Hershey, these sort of guys. And they and they Jay Vine said that himself. I think he said we knew we had the best five riders on paper. So we just tried to ride hard. Um and then yeah, a mate uh Bystrom, who we just talked about from Intermarche, and uh Schmid, who also wrote a good TDU, they got off the front and they looked like they were actually going to stay away at one point. I think there was like a 10-second gap with a kilometer to go. It was um it was a crazy last K. Then Luke Platt was probably the reason why that break got caught because Plappy decided to go for it, which is fair. Ineos, um, Ethan Hayter hasn't shown a great bunch sprint in him and Plappy's in that sort of middle land where they're not sure if they're riding him for GC or riding for sprints. So he sort of just went. Um, Ethan Hayter was then caught up in the crash, which uh, was sad. But And then Mayhorofa. Comes through the goods. There is, there's something about the, the Cadell's race that does provide a surprise winner. And as the favourite ever won here, someone that's gone, you know what, bang on favourite, he's going to win. I, I 
I don't think so. I think we've had Kenow, we've had um, Mearsman. Did he win the first one? Like, there's just been a lot of interesting sort of types and different types of riders too, which is cool, by the way. A, a race where the parkour is the same, but different riders can win. So that's something that I do like about the Cadell's race is the unpredictability of of the winner. There was a there was a real weird thing in the last K. AG2R were doing the pacemaking to bring back Plap. Um, for I think their sprinter Godon, who I'd never heard of, and I love my mediocre uh, European, especially French and Italian sprinters. Um, he was the actual he was actually the fella who literally ate a lot of concrete, like he fell off his bike. So Agent Two are a bit disappointed in that front. And Ethan Hayter was the other one, and I noticed his brother crossed the line in tears about two or three minutes after the peloton, crossed the line, and then asked the race director if he could ride back. Um, and then the race director asked me if I'm going to allow him to ride back. That's how it sort of worked at Cadell's. I said, yeah, sure, he can ride back. And he was bawling his eyes out. So I'm hoping Ethan Hates is okay. I haven't seen his name on any sort of paper since. Um, but, yeah, his brother was bawling his eyes out. From the, from the crash? Yeah, from the crash. So he must have rode past Ethan, seen the stadium was in. They kept riding. It must have been that bad to make sure he crossed the finish line for 76. <laughs> Not yeah. so many UCI points that were there. <laughs> and then rode back to the ambulance that was that was putting him in. Is there anything further that you can share, Max, from your experience in the car with with Cadell around the course? Uh, there was a couple of times where it was sort of a bit of silence. We're looking at it outside because we were. It's only one circuit to go after we finished. Uh, obviously, they didn't want me in the. They didn't, well, I didn't. Cadell didn't want to be in the car for the last circuit because he'd missed that circuit, and then there's no point in him being in for the first two because. There's no action going on there. So we had the prime car. There was a couple of awkward silences and Cadell just looked out the window and said, I was hoping for a bigger crowd than this. <laughs> <laughs> and me and Joel just had to sort of, um, I think, I, actually, Joel sort of broke the silence and said, it's all right, we played in front of no crowds during COVID. I don't think that helped, um, Joel. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> But then at different times, there was enormous crowd. So um, I'm sure he might have been happy at different points. Were all the Geelong boys down there? Sam Menegola? Um, yeah, Menegola. Menegola does a lot podcast. of riding. Friend of the uh, podcast. Sure you yeah, remember as so, well. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually want to ride with Menegola at some point. He looks like he can punch out some good bots. So um, I know it might make that happen at Elbow. When, uh, when he was on the podcast, he was saying that he was riding like weekly after games, like all through season. It's certainly it. a lot of people do. A lot of people do do, do it. Um, like I said, my correlation uh, with doing hamstrings, I've just done another one. So I mm. probably should steer clear from the bike a little bit, but I'm riding to work. I'm riding to train. So I call it work. Uh, I, I ride to training, which is like a 12 kilometer ride. So that's as much as I'm doing at the moment. Off to work. Uh, off to work. <laughs> off to the office. Any uh, any final comments on the summer before we go through the sixty four other races that have been on over the last two weeks? I mean, the only thing I can I can really give you is Dion Smith finished in the top ten at Cadell, so I was onto something. Um. He was, he was doing a lead out for Hugo Page, who actually looks like a good sprinter as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I just thought I'd clear up my Dion Smith tip because um, it, <laughs> it didn't end well. And I probably won't tip him for anything ever again. Did, did you sniff out any value over the summer? Uh, I have post-Australia. 
Not in Australia. Australia. Yeah, not in Australia per se. I backed, like I said, I backed Jay Vine for the Nationals, and that was the only race he decided to pull halfway. Yeah. <laughs> and then I almost crossed him off my list because I said he didn't have legs, and that was one of the silliest things I've done. What do you say? You got to back the legs, not the name, though. Yeah, you got to back the legs, not the name. And I bet when there's no. February is quite hard because there's no legs. So you're backing names. Mm. Um, so it's a little bit harder. So I go against everything I talk about with my motto. Um, back the well, legs, not the name. February definitely hasn't disappointed in terms of cycling's race calendars being a shambles. And for some reason, there's just new races that pop up left, right and center every year to ensure that every race is stacked on each other, each other and no one's got any idea of what's going on and – People are at completely different events all over the world. <laughs> I love this Albie's big axe to grind every. That <laughs> does my head in every February. It's like, well, what? Why have we got so many events on now? The uh, now the Tour of Argentina is a World Tour event. It's all happening. I've got a lot of questions as someone that's a first time February watcher of cycling outside of Australia. Um, one is why does Mallorca? have four back-to-back one-day races instead of a four-day stage race. Is it? Is it not a stage race? No, it was four no, back-to-back one-day races. Oh, then there's then there's another then there's another Spanish race as well. That's a stage race. Yeah, so then, so that was, it went. Let's say Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday over four days, four different races that had very similar fields, maybe. Aleph Lee did the first two and not the last two or something like that, but very similar fields. All back-to-back in the same little island off the coast of Spain, yet it's not a four-day stay. I found that weird. Um, I found it weird that Spain was having uh, cycling. Um, I thought it was a good chance to maybe get some subcontinent, uh, uh, some some countries in the Southern Hemisphere like Argentina, a couple of races. I'm not sure if you tuned into Argentina. They did put out the big guns in Carlton Kirby down there. They actually had a horrible... Horrible ability to cover the race from both a visual and audio point of view. In fact, this is how much I did have a little side bet on, so I had to make sure I watched this in particular stage. But it had 40K of helicopter vision of the of of the desert because they couldn't get the they couldn't find the Peloton. <laughs> and Carlton Kirby commentated through it. It was phenomenal. Um and then the the commentary, sorry, I'm going on a little uh, rant here. Kirby, who is our boy, remember, commentated from the finish line camera of the sprint for the last kilometre and a half. So this finish line camera zoomed in as much as they could for a kilometre and a half away and called the sprint finish. And you know how our man Kirby couldn't call Caleb Ewan if he was watching it live on (laughs) Caleb Ewan's GoPro. Imagine how he's going from a kilometre and a half away off 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 the finish line camera. It was phenomenal. I did just... Don't watch the tour of Argentina. That's that's it's it's done. Oh, that's good. That's good. Is it tours our tour of Argentina? That's where they had like six sprints in a row, and then just like one gradual uphill climb that was like four percent for like twenty five kilometers. Yeah, which was won by our boy, the drug cartel, uh, Lopez. What's his team now? Medi. What's his team called? Medellin. Is he he right for Medellin? The Bali Nine? Uh, no. Um, what's his What's his team name? I forget his team name. But he, he, uh, he 
He looked in like he was he was flying on that final climb. Obviously, can I? So they've got records up that climb, and again, I love my data, and I've got time. So mm. uh, the, the you, I'm gonna uh, what's I'm gonna get near the truth, but not quite the truth. But it tells a good story because I don't have the numbers in front of me. But let's say they've done that climb seven times, and there's names like. Chavez and Quintana who have done it in 35 minutes. Lopez on that day beat him by two minutes. Like on all-time rides up that hill. Unless there was one of the best tailwinds of all time, Lopez is in the best form he has ever been in. To 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 the times credit, have you seen like he had he had it looked like a Tour de France. It looked like Team Sky in 2012 going for the Tour de France victory coming into the climb. They were stacked like seven guys stacked on the front doing a full peel for Lopez on a four percent on a four percent climb. They were flying up there. He then took out the TT Colombian champs uh, ahead of like Martinez is a good TT rider on the Ineos gear. Um, so that's a good effort, but then lost to Chavez in the Colombian road race. So maybe not amazing legs, but speaking of Colombian road race, that was a, ma- they should have a tour of Colombia, not a tour of Ar- Ar- Argentina. Like yeah. that, that place was bonkers. Yeah. Well, they used to Albie a few years ago. I, I don't, I'm not sure whether it was the tour of Colombia or some race in Colombia and the crowds were just incredible. Like yeah, nothing else you've ever seen before. It was, it was great, but I think COVID may have um, spelled the end for that race, unfortunately. Like Max touched on, if you put some structure to this season and moved out of the European continent for later on when they have their big stages, it would make perfect sense to have one race at a time and one of them being in Colombia with like those ridiculous crowds. And they love like the, the profile that those athletes have there now with Rigo and, and his uh, fellow countrymen. Like it makes, it makes complete sense. Uh, there's also a couple more races we shouldn't sleep on uh, over this little period. Um, oh, sorry, Wellsford was in one of those races. Wellsford uh, has beaten um, Jakobsen and uh, Gavilia, and there was one other. Bennett. Good sprints. And Bennett, who, would, uh, to be fair, those three all won a stage as well. But Wellsford Is that Argentina? Two. Yeah, that yeah, was in Ar- yeah, Ar- Ar- Argentina. Some won. Wellsford's won two. Uh, that they were like the the best sprints out of the five, in my opinion. So that guy can ride. I don't know much about him. You got anything for me? On my track, like did two two rounds, two Olympic cycles. So he's been on the track for the last eight years, and then has come turned signed pro with DSM last year. And I think there was never any question about like his power. He's like you see him. He's like he's built like a brick shit house. He's a monster. But there was, uh, I guess the main question was like, how would he go on like the long road stages? And we've got our answer. Yes. Well, we don't know because the first 130K of the stage, they'll show in the forest. Um, so he did sprint well at the end though. A uh, couple more. In that exact race, Jakobsen and Morkov looked like they hated each other. So there's a bit in that um, there, going and, forward. And did you see that Jakobsen dropped Morkov's wheel? Like yes. the unthinkable. Mm-hmm. Why would anyone leave that wheel? Um, Correct. So maybe there's a little bit of tension there. Um, Gavilia from Movistar, I kind of like that. That's like, that's weird. That's cool. That's going to get him some UCI points. Um, uh, did you see... Uh, did he get a win? Aaron, uh, yeah, he won a stage. Um, 
Now, I've got all my races mixed up. So Bernard Gamay won a race for Intermarche uh, at a stage race that literally just finished. Um, the Rui Costa won over, over, overall. You had to bear with me. But Movistar behind Bernard Gamay's stage win had second, third, and fourth. Garcia Cortina sprinted Aaron Buru for second and third. And they completely, it was unbelievable Movistar fashion. The um yeah well, that's that may may and you know what they're just they're forward thinking they've got a three year cycle now because obviously the points had such a big impact on the world tour and they've got they're yes. thinking about the three year cycle instead of everyone else just panicking in the last year and sending everyone to every race on the planet. More importantly, did you see Chicone had yellow up until the last day? Yes, I did see Chicone had and he, yellow. And he lost it to Rui Costa on a on a two k flyer from from the finish. <laughs> Rui Costa just rode away from a peloton full of hopefuls. There was like ten blokes within like ten seconds in this race, including my boy Palo Bilbao, who I may or may not have backed the legs and not the rider because he had legs. Um, and I, he just rode away from them. They're all like, oh, but he's 20 seconds off. He won't get that. And he got 30 of them. Rui Costa. And your boy, Aramsman, as well, was with him. But more importantly for Ciccone, that means that he will be going for GC again this year. Now he's shown that he can um, he can back himself in instead of going for stage races, for stage wins. Um, but we're looking, we are looking too far into it, in my opinion. In, 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 Intermarche is currently leading the UCI. Uh, Jumbo Visma would get relegated if we stopped today. Um, so the big guys out here, Pog is going to UAE, which starts in a week. And that is the real big guy. And the other two big guys are currently doing the best television you will watch. Uh, out in, was it in Belgium or Netherlands? The uh, cyclocross. cross. The cyclocross. cross. Uh, I don't know. I think it might've been Netherlands because I heard MBDP's <laughs> old man created the course and there's I, a bit in that. So I must. Yeah, I think it that. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that's good. If I, yeah, the, if, I, if I was playing Western Bulldogs in the grand final and they decided to put it in Footscray, I would be also slightly concerned about that. <laughs> so, Wood had every right, but that is a spectacle. Van Art, Van der Poel, um, blitz the field, sprint finish, cyclocross world champs. It was good to watch. Cyclocross season was good to watch. You talk about footage from the helicopter for an hour. Meanwhile, over at this race, we've got these two boys going hell for leather and then down the back straight. Don't know if you've seen the footage, Cambo, but they ran a drone through like the back technical section and it's just following them through the back corners and it is spectacular. Oh, maybe I the first seen the footage. Maybe the first investment in TV coverage in cycling since 1985. And like <laughs> it, it worked. It worked so well. The race is an hour long. Everyone's out there boozing. Those guys are on. I just can't believe the condition those two are in. Already, like Vanderpoel's just going whack, 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 whack. It's just from from the get go for a full hour, and we're talking at the start of February. It's mm. um, it's wild the kind of nick they're in. The yeah, only... it seems a bit old school. The old yeah. you need to be be quiet in the summer. Like Wood Van Art is literally just always at this like top top level, and you guarantee that he's going to go roll into the classics, roll into the Tour de France, all in this this top nick. So. That's why they paid the big bucks, I guess. I saw somewhere saying they'll co- they'll definitely be competing against each other at four out of the five monuments. So I'm presuming they just both haven't confirmed for Lombardia. So they could be all five if they go the whole way to October. 
Um, so it's going to be, again, that unfortunately means they both don't win because they'll be marking each other. And um, who's your boy who won Milan San Remo a couple of years ago? Elbow, he'll just pop up and win again. Um, yeah, oh, my boy. the 50-year-old. My yeah, boy. the 50-year-old. My boy. Um, speaking of Milan San Remo, the last name I want to touch on, uh, who's had a rocking start to the summer. Just before you touch on him, Max has come into season seven of the Stanley Street Social Podcast with hot form. He's in good. I haven't slept. I haven't slept. I've been watching night races. The Argentinian race was actually a poor time slot. Finished it was like a six a.m. to eleven a.m. I had to give up training. The I want to talk about Deli Arno Deli, who is uh, Mm. a Belgium rider um, who has started like a house on fire, winning sprints that Van Aert and Vanderpoel would win. Similar punchy type stuff. Matched wheel for wheel with Pedersen the other day, who we know Mads, what Mads Pedersen can do. Um, showed he had legs because he won a TT, Mads Pedersen, and just out-sprinted him. This guy has Milan San Remo win all over him. The only issue is his lotto destiny, uh, which is our boy Caleb, and probably Philip Gilbert and Tim Wellens again for some weird reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think Tim Wellens has now left the team. He's on UAE. Philip Gilbert is probably still riding just for the Phil, sake of it. He was on his fourth year of retirement. <laughs> so we're, I'm not sure if they take both Caleb and Dilly. I'm not sure what the situation is with that, but they both look like they could win. They need to take a strong team, Lotto. What are you doing if you're uh, the lotto manager, Cambo? Well, uh, I did have a look at Delee's, uh results sheet from from 2022, and I think he won he won seven or eight races last year. He, he single handedly kept Lotto in the UCI points title fight. Yeah, I mean, you go to his result sheet from last year, and there's a lot of single digit numbers on the on the results. Um, like I said, seven or seven or eight victories. Always there or thereabouts, and he's only he's only twenty. So, I mean, you take you take them both for sure, um, and just just let him go free. I don't think there'll be a whole lot of responsibility for Lotto in this race. But yeah, it's 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 exciting to see another young Belgi just come onto the scene and and just be torching everyone. But he's definitely the talk of the town at the moment, and I'm sure. Maxi will need to get in on that value before his um, before his odds come in. That was in Spain as well. I'm pretty sure. So that's uh, another little tick to Spain for getting some 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 winter races in. The Mallorca going back on the Mallorca races. They had snow. Like why are they riding in Spain? Doesn't make sense. I just want to talk about that uh, the other the stage race that was in Spain that Rui Costa won. You know. They didn't have a sprint finish. They had the one that Gamay got to, but the real sprinters didn't get there. Matteo Moschetti went. For his, he's now in a he's in a pro moved. Conti team, to a pro Conti team, and he they took him to the lumpiest stage race I've ever seen, where Christoph also went and didn't make it to a finish line. They took Mochetti. He he struggles to get over um, the Anderson Street Hill at the tan. Probably it's probably time they brought Max in as maybe a little bit of a consultant as to where to how to manage our boy yeah. Moschetti and where to send him. And I think there's maybe. As well as the income that you're going to be generating this year from your tour down and tour down under ambassadorship and probably many other races throughout the year, maybe a little bit of a consulting fee could be charged on the side as well. Um, I'm trying to work out how I potentially get my way onto a team bus at some point, um, and I'm thinking I go down the leadership the 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 leadership space. Don't know how that's going to work because I've potted every cyclist uh, on here. I haven't potted every single one. I love the Aussies. Um, I've potted the ones that I know I'm never going to have contact with. 
So you'll, um, so you'll be working for bike exchange. <laughs> the bike exchange, for bike exchange they the could do they could do with some leadership right now. It feels like they've they could maybe have a tall a tall ruckman to come in just to like get the boys moving. Boys, I know what it's like to push those what's I don't. I don't, I'm sorry. I can't I can't I just can't add. Lantan Remo's March. In terms of Feb coming up, UAE tour. And Umlumpa guys, kind of the the two big ones, and I think Oman's in there too, which I noted before because Cav's going there. Um, not sure yeah. if we touched on this on the pod, but obviously Cav got a ride. He's working for Astana. Did you do you see how it broke? Um, could be one of the best leaks of all time. He was getting picked up to go to the airport mm. at four a.m. by the Astana team car. That is stiff. That someone's up at four a.m. and taking a photo of Cav getting the back of the Astana team. And Astana, send a no-brand car if you don't want the Cav story getting out. Don't sleep on the Portuguese little tour that's uh, happening in there as well in a, in, a, in amongst it. Um, I do know Jai Hindley's going there. Um, so I'm presuming that's got some sort of prize pool. Uh, but really, we're waiting for Umlup and the UAE to see how Pog has returned. Cambo, what are you looking forward to this month? Well, I guess it's Umlup. Like opening weekend in Belgium is, yeah. yeah, it's really the start of the cycling season, to be honest. I know that we've had Tour Down Under, got 100 races in February leading up into opening weekend. But, you know, when you get to Umlup, you're in Belgium and it's World Tour, it really feels like the cycling season has begun. So that that's probably the one that I'm, I'm looking forward to, and then they sort of come thick and fast after that. Strata Bianchi, Parry Nice, San Remo, Torino, and then it just rolls. So enjoy enjoy the quietish period um, now because it's going to come thick and fast in a, in a couple of weeks. There's another thing not to sleep on, Cambo, and unfortunately, <laughs> I've slept. I've been sleeping on it this whole time doing this podcast. Is uh, the driver of the car with me, Cadell and Joel Selwood, uh, was a um, like a helper outer for Team Bridge Lane has been around Australian cycling for a while. I actually forget his name, but as I got in the car, he said, "Oh, you know the two Tassie boys from Stanley Street Social." I said, "Yeah," and Alex, don't take this as an insult. You were <laughs> mentioned with your cycling ability a tiny bit, but geez, did we get into the nitty gritties of how Campbell didn't get to the next level what happened the injuries how good he actually was on a tt bike and i've been sleeping on it i didn't realize i was speaking to the modern day philip like the sorry not the modern day the olden day philip garner like you were you were you were the king i wouldn't go that far was it was it nunny was it greg nunn <laughs> it was, it was greg <laughs> what 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 how do, how do you view campbell now max how, how have your um views changed to your co-host oh um, like can i have like your best give me like a, a 10k flat tt what sort of like what was your average wattage well in the in the world's tt i, I don't know what a 10k one but the world's tt i think was was around 390 for 40 minutes at about 72 73 kilos and where do and where do you come in that first <laughs> Did I set him up on one elbow? He looked at me number with disdain. One. Number one. We Does that give me more street cred in your eyes, Max? Just hearing that you know my name is still getting thrown around the streets. I, I, I honestly, I thought, 
like I knew you both rode and I knew you both rode at a very high level, but I didn't know 10 years on that I'd be getting, that I'd be chatting about how good you were with some guy I wasn't expecting uh, at the Cadelray. So, um, I mean, that's great to hear. It really was. And Elba, you weren't, I mean, don't take it as an insult. You were mentioned. I'll take a mention. Good- I'll take a mention. Yeah. <laughs> good energy around the bus. <laughs> Can we get can we get the jersey on the back of like behind you, Cambo, for future pods or something? Like I see we've got yeah, a map there, yeah, but I think maybe yeah, like yeah, the world yeah. champ jersey would be fitting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got the blinds man coming tomorrow, so the room will be a little bit more tidy in, in the coming weeks. So there's the map of the Alps behind us, but I'll um, I'll make sure to get my my world championship jersey and also my um, my yellow jersey from the Tour de Lavenir is also framed. So I'll make sure I get that in the back as well. Yeah, I feel Just like that's one what more I- time on what on what that tour was called. Tour de Lavenir. Tour de Lavenir. Okay, yep. So. Do they do they say that's the tour of the future? Didn't work out to be the tour of the future that year. Who who won Winner that? Year? It was, well, it was actually Lopez, actually. <laughs> so <laughs> still very relevant. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh um, I can't wait to watch this Lopez space. Mike's Cambo's jersey in the background. I think there's the pods really starting to come together in season seven. My TPG internet to just hold up as well. That'd be good. Stuart O'Grady has a, uh, I've just got a signed jumper of his Australian national champion jumper as well that I can potentially hang up somewhere here just next to my Santos stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I have uh, trying to do a 12 month sort of plea for them to rehire me. Um, I don't think they will because, uh, like I said, they got a lot of slack for getting an interstate uh, to come across to Adelaide and take the taxpayers' money, which I dare say I wasn't taking any any money. I was doing it for as a <laughs> as a love for cycling, um, and I didn't. And the only reason why I couldn't fulfil my duties is because I was interstate with a hamstring injury. So I don't think that went down well with the taxpayers' money. But yeah, that's I'll get I'll get Stuart O'Grady's just hanging on this wall as well. It's obviously going to be tricky, but it'd be really good if we could work on like an like for example, imagine if you were the Umlo ambassador bringing that to yep. Australia and I could just mm-hmm. come over for the weekend with you. We can just hang out in the VIP. Um, that'd be really good. It's obviously going to be tricky with the season, but maybe yep. down the track sometime. I'm, Lombardia, Lombardia I'm, ambassador. I'm, yeah, I've got a weird little niche. I've got Lombardia or the last three stages of the Volta. That's really all I can really get to. So um, to be fair, that's all I can get to with the TDU as well. <laughs> anyway. Thanks, Max. Thanks, Cambo. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks as always, you guys.